Welcome to Series 2 of Assembly Point, a monthly podcast by the Fire Protection Association. Following a successful first series, Assembly Point provides a collective space in which industry leaders can explore the most pressing issues in fire safety and share expert information and advice. Please be aware that the views expressed by guests in this podcast are their own and not necessarily those of the FBA. We hope you enjoy this episode of Assembly Point. Hi everybody, welcome to the FPA's Assembly Point podcast. I'm Chris Miles, newly appointed Commercial Director at the FPA and current Chair of the Association of Specialist Fire Protection, ASFP. Having taken part in an earlier episode of the podcast series as a guest, I'm now delighted to be hosting today and very pleased to be joined by Helen Hewitt, who's Chief Executive of the British Woodworking Federation, to spend 30 minutes or so discussing the importance of passive fire protection measures to the overall built-in fire safety of buildings. Hello, Helen. Hello. Thank you for inviting me, Chris. Very welcome. Great to have you with us. So, so let's kick off then. Uh, much of the focus in providing fire protection within buildings is, is taken by active measures such as detection and suppression systems. And these are both widely used, although some would say not widely enough, but they play an important role in the early warning and, and reduction of fire events. As a way of introducing your views on today's topic, why when, uh, why, when we have such effective systems, do we still need the protection offered by passive fire protection? Yes, so representing the British Woodworking Federation and our Fire Door Alliance, I'm here to talk mainly about the role of fire doors as a key pacifier system. Fire doors will prevent fire moving into escape routes and from one room to another. So from our perspective and from everybody's perspective, they are absolutely vital. Yes, the hope is that an active fire system can deal with fires at a very early stage, but passive fire systems are essential in preventing further spread of fire and crucially keeping building occupants safe while fire services do their job, allowing critical time for safe evacuation of building for occupants. Thank you. So clearly, and I expected this to be the case, you believe fire doors and the wider passive fire protection is critical to the overall built-in fire safety of buildings. Um, I guess that doesn't come as a surprise to me. One of the concerns that I've seen is that passive fire protection, including fire doors, and actually particularly fire doors, can be taken for granted, even overlooked. They're there, they do, they do the job, or everyone believes they do the job. So it can often be a secondary consideration when, when designing and building or constructing a building. How do you think then that, that fire protection and passive fire protection and fire doors, as well as everything else, can be more than an afterthought and elevated to that higher level consideration? What, what I guess my question, Helen, is what should the construction industry stop doing and do more of to ensure passive systems are adequately specified and adequately installed. I'd just like to reiterate the vital importance of passive fire systems, so I agree. There is serious consideration that should be given to passive fire. And, and passive fire are a lot of elements that all work together to make sure that the entire building is safe. 
when it comes to fire doors, and this is why I'm here today to talk about fire doors, it's not just a case of saying we need them. There needs to be consideration to what the role is, what it plays, how they are selected and how they fit into the overall design of the building. It's also about the use of materials around them. So, so it's actually about the compartment, making sure all materials are specified. They have a part to play in keeping us safe. It's our home, it's our workplace. It can be a recreational place, it can be ho a hotel. The fire, fire door is one of the last elements that's actually used to seal the hole. So when we think about passive fire protection and the buildings that we, we all enter into, we don't necessarily see what's behind all the all the the walls we just see the fire door and it is the fire door that seals the hole so from our perspective when we look at where that moves forward we we want to introduce and make sure third party certification is also involved and people who are involved in the building design stage know and understand the importance that fire doors third party certification has when looking at passive fire systems yeah. Okay. Thank you. We'll we'll come on to uh, to the certification of it. I, I guess my my previous question was more about was do you believe that what's happening now for passive fire protection and fire doors is is being specified and installed correctly? Does the construction industry understand its importance? Does it need to do anything differently or do more of something that it's already doing well? I know from the experience of the British Woodworking Federation that there is further work required for education. So it's education of the specifiers, the end users, the, the individuals involved with building and um, putting the buildings up. We, we all have a part to play. British Woodworking Federation, along with other stakeholders, sit on a number of working groups that have been born from the um, inquiry into the, the sad Grenfell disaster. And from that education, competence, what defines competence and the types of products that go into the buildings is actually all paying a critical part. So we all have a part to play in this and the industry itself still needs to continue to work together to make sure that it's not just looking at certain individual products. There is a collective on how to put a building together to make sure we're all kept safe. Is it then accurate to say that that lack of understanding around passive fire protection, but, but from your perspective, fire doors in keeping building occupants safe. It, it, is it fair to say that there's only three things that matter? Education, education and education. Uh, and if so, what do we need to do to get that rolled out? Are there, are there things in play already that we, we can do? We can piggyback off. There's a couple of things there, Chris. Um, fire safety, as we know, has been treated with greater urgency. That we're all aware of that and we're all absolutely wedded to that mandate and moving forward. And the BWF is very much championing this and has done for many years. There is a lack of understanding over the role of fire doors alone, not just the full passive fire protection. And, and, and that is what we've been trying to focus on. There is inspections is included in this. We know that there's higher failure rates of fire doors. When we have done our research, we know lack of understanding of third party certification. And we're going to explore that later in your questions. What is third party certification? 
how does that relate back to the products that we procure and install into the buildings? And again, it's lack of awareness amongst building occupants themselves, the roles that fire door and pacifier systems have to play in keeping them safe. So when you add all that together, you say three things, education, education, education. Absolutely, we need to look at education. We need to look at how we educate individuals, how we measure the education of those individuals. And there's a couple of elements, I'll touch on that further down. But, but the, what we need to be aware of is the assumptions that we are educating and we are understanding, but we do have some evidence now from certain reports that we've pulled out and researched that the lack of knowledge and understanding out there is still very little, even following all the noise from the Building Safety Bill as it moved through into becoming the Building Safety Act. Mm -hmm. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to that as well. So um, thank you. I guess maybe education could be exchanged for competence and there's a big drive within certain working groups for to to support competence across the across the construction process so and and again we'll pick up on that shortly from from my experience it, it, I've I've worked all of my career in in tick organizations testing inspection certification uh, and I don't see that different now I'm a, I'm at the FPA actually I know that manufacturers, a lot of your members use tons of resource, people, time, money to get their products tested for fire safety and, and ensure they're well made and consistently made, uh, obviously appropriately tested and certificated. I, I still believe there's more to be done there to get to a comfortable place. I think, I think you'd probably agree with that, but generally there's, there's a lot of effort done on the testing and, and, and manufacturing perspective. The, the FPA from our side, I'm sure you're aware, Helen, strong advocates of third party certification for, for, for products and for in, installers. But but is third party certification really enough when it, it comes to complying with, with fire safety standards and requirements? Obviously, I understand that that provides visibility and traceability of a, a fire doors route from manufacture to, to installation through the supply chain. But actually, what about once it leaves your members' factory gates? What what happens when it comes to installation and, and, and maintenance? For We'll talk about fire doors, but I'm sure it applies to all passive fire protection. It does. Let's, let's tackle third-party certification. So from, from our perspective, third-party certification in relation to the manufacturing of a product, and that's when we talk about third-party certification, that's what we relate it to. So the BWF Fire Door Alliance absolutely agree that third-party certification is essential. It is one of the robust ways that you can look at a product, you can have a look at how it's been manufactured, the organisations we work with have robust processes in place to make sure their factory control processes are being audited regularly. So when you talk about the, the manufacturing of a product, it's making sure the product has been manufactured correctly, that it is tested over a period of time and that it can still achieve what it's meant to achieve. And when the our members were under investigation through the Grenfell investigation in 2018. The fire doors that went through 
the testing from MHCLG at the time as it was known actually reached 100% compliance with the testing. So that was a positive. When you talk about installation and maintenance, you're talking about individuals. So you've got individuals going onto site. You've got an individual going in to install, maintain and inspect. So let's not forget there's, there's three core elements here. There are two different ways that currently is being mapped and measured. We have what we all heard, third party certification, which would be a competent person scheme, which is regulated by UCAS. And then you have um, also the process of individuals being qualified. So we talk about the word competence and you almost have different levels, competence for a third party third party scheme or competence to someone having a regulated qualification. And that mapping needs to be looked at correctly, which we know it's been done, but actually each has a place. So Helen Hewitt could be an installer of a product, but I could be signed off by someone through a, a third party competent person scheme to say, I have the competence. However, do I have a qualification? Does that qualification cover the correct principles of installing a fire door or another passive fire protection system? So I think we need to make sure education and the word competence is deemed correctly and not just looking at things in isolation, dependent on what industries know best, whether it's UCAS approved or whether it's regulated qualifications by Ofqual. And, and have the BWF and other associations been involved in that process? And are we far enough down the line to say we're getting somewhere? Yes, the BWF has and other organisations. I'm here today representing, obviously, the British Woodworking Federation. Uh, working Group 2 ha is tasked to look at the skills and competence. And I always like to use the word skills, not just word competence, um, for instance installation so it's anyone who's involved with installing a product within the construction arena so there's a variety of lots of different products on that list of which fire doors is one of them and yes that work is going on there's a number of pilot schemes now of which passive fire is named as one of the pilot schemes and, and that work now is starting to move forward with relevant stakeholders and that will look at education as well as competent person schemes Okay, that sounds very positive. It's interesting you mentioned skills because I, my understanding of, of I, I'm no expert by any means in this area, but my understanding of competence is skills, knowledge, experience, behaviour. I, I hate to use the acronym SKEB, SKEB, but that's the way it's used, right, to evaluate proper competence, skills, knowledge. Yes, uh, there are lots of different terminologies about competence out there, but when you, you're absolutely right, you need to make sure that A, someone's been trained. So first of all, they've been trained. B, that they have a qualification or they have recognition for what they've been trained on. And to ensure that that training has been assured, has been assessed by also someone who's competent in their field to be able to do that then to make sure that they are potentially part of a institution or another organisation that looks at the skills of an individual, that they've got experience and knowledge in that industry. They are regularly carrying out CPD, continuous professional development, because we know that if someone 
does get trained in something and they haven't used that knowledge they've gained over a period of time, actually that becomes rusty. So regular continued professional development is really important. So all of these elements all bolted together like a little jigsaw can make a full package. Too many times, I'm afraid, we're seeing the word competence banded about from someone who has maybe attended an e-learning training course and all of a sudden they're competent to do something. Mm -hmm. There's a big risk to this industry and we all need to have our place in making sure that that isn't something that becomes the norm. It actually should become very much not the norm. I know I've, uh, I've touched on something which is close to your heart and, and which you very passionate about it. Work, yes. Work so, yeah, um, uh, yeah, good, good to get your passion out there, Helen. That's great. So we're making progress. It's been five years since Grenfell, which is um, a previous podcast highlighted and, and it's yeah, I, I guess many people frustrated at the progress we have made. But we get in there, I think, is, is what you're saying. So to, to kind of go on to the next step then and, and trying to evaluate what role legislation has to play when it comes to maintaining um, the, the standards for, for fire safety that get in, for products that get installed in buildings. Do you believe we're heading in the, in the right direction with the, the Building Safety Act and the, and the Fire Safety Act? I do believe we're heading in the right direction. My Lord, it would be dreadful if we were doing a U-turn, wouldn't it? After all the time, a lot of organisations have invested in this. Legislation is vitally important and we do hope that new laws over fire and building safety will improve standards across the board. That said, we recently carried out some research as a trade association to ask about the attitudes and the important role that third party certification may have, how it's driving behaviours of all the, the, you know, all the individuals and companies who are involved within the construction sector and how they adopt these, these new practices and how their attitudes are going to be. And even still, after everything that's going on with improving building safety, we found that 80% of end users, so the clients, don't actually insist on making sure that doors are still manufactured in the correct way, have had the correct processes checked. So third party certification is not a terminology that's naturally rolling off their tongues yet. And it's not bedded into their procurement processes. 80% is a ridiculous high stat considering everything that's been going on, on since 2017-18. So from our perspective, there is still education um legislation should be driving it and absolutely must be driving it and we encourage that it will however we know from our research that at least half of respondents said they might ask for more traceability products and might ask to see more information so we've just got a bit of a lag and, and i think there is a lot of work to be done on that and that's from raw data that we released ooh, two months ago so, so perhaps the Building Safety Act then will, will by placing greater focus on, on safety and um, by being enforced by the, by the building safety regulator um, a bit more, it, 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 it will elevate that, that awareness and that education needed. I absolutely, sincerely hope so. We do have a concern over specific understanding of the new laws, Chris, 
um, we actually asked a specific question in relating to this and 30% of those responsible fire door safety said they don't actually understand their responsibilities under the Building Safety Act. That's high considering the amount of, it's not noise because I don't like to use noise because that's a negative atmosphere, you know, a negative word, but the, it, it, it's it's out there. It's, it's a conversation we're all having. Yet in the research, 30% still don't understand their responsibilities. It, mm. it, it does cause concern. And, and there will be penalties for those that fail to meet the requirements. Um, I don't know how quickly those penalty penalties will come about mm. and how strongly they'll be for those that need the information for those that um will be using in your case the, the fire doors and maintaining them how do we ensure that the critical level of information gets down to those given that 30 percent or so don't know what what they don't know um how do we pass that down um for the fire door components or the fire door sets or to, to, to make them aware on how they should be installed and maintained um, and, and I guess contributing to Dame Judith Hackett's golden thread um, post Grenfell. There is absolutely a role for fire safety industry and organisations like ourselves. Um, we're here today talking for us to continue to work together for the collaboration to exist. We all have our um, stronger voices. We all have our areas that we we work not harder in, but we seem to have more of a reputation for bolt all those together and continue with the collaboration, there is absolutely a, a role for us all to play. Um, when it comes to, like you say, how do we communicate? I can only talk about the British Woodwork Confederation. And we, for the last 18 months, have had what's called our Be Certain, Be Certified campaign. Now, it is predominantly about promoting the importance of third party certification, but we've been very clear in who our audiences have been, who we've aimed our, um, our our messaging at the language we've used has been very focused to lots of different audiences so that we can communicate with them in a slightly different way to try and start to encourage them to think about these questions to start to look at fire safety to start to look at how they can you know look at their businesses so it's collaboration and I'm believe and encourage that we've all worked closely together far more so than we ever did before which is absolutely fantastic but it's it's understanding our we're making too many assumptions i think that we we know who our audiences are and it's really getting to the nitty-gritty of who are they and what language do they want to be spoken in and it's the language we can use as well yeah and that 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 education 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 mantra if if i can call it that kind of has to be tailored to the different levels doesn't it it's one message to a manufacturer your members it's another message to an installer it's a completely different message yeah. then to the end user and somebody that's looking yes. after the building or, or living in the building as a resident yes i mean for example we're seeing stricter inspection and maintenance regimes 
we've seen these grow. We've seen in the last five years, inspection has become a key word. There are far more fire door risk assessors, other product, you know, inspectors. I, again, I can only talk about fire doors because that is predominantly our remit. But we're noticing that, that you know, the more individuals and businesses move into this arena, the I suppose the the risk could come with who are what is their background what's their education so it's making sure that they're getting that right information that the education they're getting correct uh, and it, it's mapping back to again the work of the um working group two other working groups that we're all involved in and just to keep mapping what we should be doing and making sure we're working together and not working in isolation we could end up going down different paths if we're working in isolation and and it it's nice that we're doing all this perhaps on a on a voluntary basis but um very often if it if it comes perhaps on a voluntary basis i think it is a voluntary basis isn't it well, well we're all what, what passionate I'm, about this yeah but what i'm getting at though is once we've done what we're doing and and you, you know there's plenty going on as you as you say then it needs perhaps regulation behind it to drive those safety standards but will will that be in your view is that is that enough to to do what we need to do to avoid any other disasters like we've had in the past regulation is is the way to go forward because organizations know that if they're not going to meet a regulated requirement and potential there's legal proceedings then you know that is the driver isn't it our drivers should be about the safety of individuals it should be about keeping us all safe everybody has the right to go to work to live in their home to stay in a hotel to do something socially to feel safe in their environment so we all have a part to play in making sure we're all kept safe every single one of us um we also have a trust in the products that go into buildings, the products that we're all driving around in or we all use on a daily basis. So we all have a very, very small, small part to play to make sure the products that are used are manufactured in the correct way and that they're installed in the correct way and we're all safe. Legislation is our platform to ensure that people are held responsible if they're not manufactured in the right way or if not, not installed or or built in the right way. We, we've got to have that legislation correct so that we all know what rules we should be following. Yeah, right, I would agree. Fascinating. Um, Helen, it, it, it's always a pleasure spending time in your company and, and talking with you. I think next time we're together, the coffee's on you. I think it's, that's where we're at. Um, <laughs> Is it now? <laughs> before, we, uh, before we wrap yeah, up any other be. kind of burning issues that that you feel you you'd like to get across personally from a helen hewitt perspective but also the mandate of the bwf is i truly believe education i think competence is a buzzword that gets banded about too frequently and there are ways of demonstrating competence correctly and i think we need to think the competence linked to an individual is really important if an individual can do a job correctly and can be measured on that then that individual can take what they've learned and continue working through so we all just need to make sure we don't use competence as a as a banded about and 
I think we're all starting to see lots of training organisations and things going on in our sector that we all actually would rather see stamped out. But if there's a, a need and people can see a, can see that potentially other people are going to be able to make money from it, we've got to make sure we're monitoring it and we all have a part to play in making sure it's quality and above board. Your, your passion comes out as, as ever. Thank, thank you, Helen. And, and actually that leads into my, into my very nicely into my final point. Um, talking about education, if you want to help with your education or somebody else's education and you've enjoyed today's conversation, head over to the FPA's website. So that's the FPA, all one word, .co.uk forward slash events uh, and find out more our, about our annual FIRE conference. Which, uh, which takes place in London um, on the 18th of October. We'll have several fire safety experts uh, coming together to discuss, debate the challenges, which uh, similar to we've done today, which are currently facing our, our sector, so fire safety and construction, um, with a focus actually on working together to, to drive that much needed change through and, uh, and based on education. Hopefully I'll see you there. Thanks again to Helen and um, see you soon. Thank you for listening to the FPA's Assembly Point podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. To avoid missing out on future episodes, hit the subscribe button. To listen to previous episodes of Assembly Point or for more guidance and resources on reducing the risks of fire, please visit thefpa.co.uk.